0: I'm Jordan Ferguson.
1: And I'm Kate McKinnon.
0: And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: My name is Galen McKinnon.
0: This is episode two hundred and sixty-five. All the way live. It's two sixty-five.
1: Oh yeah, the bingo guy thing.
0: <laughs> the bingo guy thing.
1: Yeah, weren't we? Doing is that, that for
0: a bingo a guy? We did that for a bit. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know it was a bingo guy thing. It's
1: a, it's a bingo guy thing.
0: Well, as someone who is a little uh, too cool for the bingo hall, I was unfamiliar.
1: Are you saying I'm not? Oh man, no. The reason I guffawed and, like, spit on my microphone uh, was because I know I'm not too cool for the bingo hall. And if it wasn't filled with smokers, I'd be there every Friday. You're
0: about to be like, and if it wasn't for this podcast, (laughs) I would be there right now. Friends, as said, this is episode 265. If you would like to listen to any of our other 264 episodes, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Wherever that may be, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. If you're on Spotify, there's a little bell on the show page. You can click that. Not only will you subscribe to this program, you will get a notification every time a new episode goes live. If you're on another platform and you're like, okay, jerks, that's unfair. Why are you why are you being so nice to Spotify? You think just because you get a Spotify wrap that you get to get notifications every time a new episode goes live? And I'm like, slow your roll, homie.
1: I'm, yeah, calm down.
0: Slow your roll. Just. Take a deep breath. Calm down, because everybody can get notifications when a new episode goes live. Because our episodes are delivered, accompanied by the sound of chimes from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your mans.
1: Chauncey, Rustilicus the third geek down internet elf.
0: Girl, he wants to drop those episodes directly into your device. It's what he lives for. It's what he loves to do. Friends, we are scant two weeks away from the holidays as we are recording this. If you are interested in, if you have any suggestions for last minute gift ideas, head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod Twitter. and let us know. Because I still have some people to buy for.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. So people keep on doing that thing where they're like, oh, have you got all your gifts done? Have you bought everything for Christmas? No. No. I'm, I'm not organized. You
0: monsters. What is wrong? You are though. So what does it say about the rest of us <laughs> if you don't have it together? Like.
1: No, I just have this.
0: I feel like there are Play charts tons. and okay. post its and color coded things okay. all broken down. Okay. It's going back to like September.
1: Well, okay. So, yes, but also I have a disease that <laughs> makes everything really difficult. So, actually going to do the things I have planned mm-hmm. is sometimes impossible. Oh, the
0: planning is good.
1: Planning is great. I have a spreadsheet.
0: The planning is locked down. We are good on the planning. I
1: have Damn a budget. Son.
0: It's everything else.
1: It's the actual making my body go and do well, the Well,
0: flip that. Friends, if you've got motivational tips on how to move from the planning to the execution, hit us up on Twitter.com up Twitter. at GeekDownPod and let us know if you'd like to bribe us <laughs> to do the things we have planned to do. <laughs> Throw three bucks in the old tip jar. If you want to support the show financially, we always appreciate it. If you're feeling generous, during this holiday season,
1: that was some interesting French there.
0: It's just listen. We'll get to Yellow Jackets in a minute. The French just happens sometimes, and it's always creepy. Um, <laughs> listen, y'all. The breakfast sandwich thing finally happened today.
1: Oh, it was amazing. This
0: is, so I'm a little, I'm uh, a little left to center. I busted out the good coffee today. A Little fresh ground Balzacs to go with a uh,
1: nice
0: to go with today's breakfast sandwich expedition. This is not good now because I now have at least. Two quality establishments. A very short walk from my house.
1: Uh, Do you need anything but breakfast sandwiches and tacos?
0: Theoretically, no. And the taco game further complicates because I went out to see someone cute last week after work. She was having a bit of a later day, taking a later lunch. Mm -hmm. We went out to uh, Reliable Fish and Chips out on the east end. Yeah. Got some fish tacos and they were, uh, I think she told me they might be like... It's not maybe not a Mexican taco. It might be more of like a South American taco. Right. All I know is it was a fucking delicious taco. It changed okay. my life. That's
1: all we need. Delicious
0: tacos. I'm very pleased with the influx in tacos that have entered my life in the past, <laughs> in the past <laughs> month. December's been a really good month for tacos. I want every month to be a really good month for tacos.
1: I think that should just be going... That should be 2022. Is a good year for tacos. 20,
0: 2022. Year of tacos. Uh,
1: yeah. We got to start small, guys. We got to start real small. I
0: can manage that goal. Yeah, we are looking to, we are looking to uh, see an increase in ta- a net increase in tacos of seventeen percent. That's pretty good year over year. Yeah. Sorry, Doctor Linda. <laughs> Listen, Doctor Linda knows my benefits ran out, and I'm kind of like <laughs> winging it till April. So we check in, but yeah, we kind of flying blind out here. We're doing our best. We are low key and. We, we have counseled at, my colleagues and I at Major Canadian Retailer have counseled, when have we officially entered Fuck It, It's Christmas?
1: Oh, that started like <laughs> two weekends ago.
0: You've been in Fuck It, It's Christmas? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, not really badly. Thankfully, I don't, you know, live at home anymore, so there's like less treats.
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping, yeah. My- but,
1: but, sorry, I broke out the the Belgian cookies, the mm. tin, oh, is that the what you, tin of cookies. Is that what
0: you busted out here earlier? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was, some good, that was a good-ass cookie. I'm
1: surprised they've lasted this long, to be honest. Y'all,
0: I don't want like, listen, respect the game. They weren't my cookie, so I couldn't feel the ways about it, but Caitlin offered me one, and I took one, and I finished it, and I was like, damn, that was a good-ass cookie. And I went to grab another one, and they were gone.
1: <laughs> sorry. I only brought three cookies. I thought they were going to be there. my my snack <laughs> for the train, but I was like... I need I need something sweet after that amazing breakfast sandwich just to make it perfect.
0: Yeah, too. Good ass breakfast sandwich. Shouts, yep. shouts to the federal. Um, in the spirit of the holidays, I don't do my gift giving on mic anymore. Some things are just for us off mic, but I did. Even though Caitlin said to me, do not get me anything. We're not doing gifts this year. Yeah,
1: because I bought a house. <laughs> I'm
0: an asshole and I don't listen. And sometimes because I work in operations, a major Canadian retailer, I see things the second they come in. And I get dibs, and I dibsed.
1: He, yeah, he did.
0: And I said, "Well, fuck me, that's too perfect." What's perfect? So I got to grab it. And I got to give it to her. So this, in the spirit of the season, in appreciation for all she does for this program, she ain't got to come out here every week, y'all. Yo. Sometimes she don't come out here every week, and that's fine. We've been at this for a while. We have the technology, but she still comes out here. It's so yeah. the least I can do to gift her a Captain Carter. Funko Pop.
1: It was it was very exciting. You should need, there should be some explosions and some like
0: flames. Yeah, a, and there, you, you want you want both for Captain Carter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and just, it was a, it's a great gift. So for those of you who may be new, who don't know, I'm not a crazy collector. There's nothing that I'm like, I have to have it. Occasionally I'll grab a cute teacup.
0: Collecting is stupid.
1: It's not stupid. I just don't have the
0: sickness. Well, who, you, <laughs> like me saying that, you're really going to believe that? That's the thing I believe.
1: No, I think that sometimes you think I believe that. But I don't. I understand wanting to have a collection. And for a long time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a collection. So I I ended up getting some Funko Pops. It's a cute way of showing the things I like, but I don't have to have, like, a gazillion of them. They don't take up tons of space. I'm sort of like a casual collector. Once I see one I like, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. So I have this cute little collection of Funko Pop ladies. Um, And specifically, I have these captains. And... I now have a Captain Carter to go with these captains and I'm very excited about this. I loved Captain Carter I thought she was the best part of what if um, and I love Haley Atwell and uh, yeah I just I'm super excited it was a great gift thank you very much
0: Jordan. you're welcome. Um, I got him
1: nothing because I'm a horrible person that's
0: not not the takeaway
1: <laughs> um and no and I'm super excited to add her to the like the, the the posse, <laughs> the the Funko Pop posse. I,
0: I did not know you had. I did not know you had the She-Hulk.
1: I have the She-Hulk, but it's like the the proper She-Hulk, She-Hulk, the yes. lawyer She-Hulk. Um, and I, I think I loved that comic so much, and I just loved what that symbolized. It's that whole idea that Marvel is much more about like the smaller things, mm. the like day to day. Um, and yeah, I just I love that. Um, and I have. Uh, I have the She-Hulk, I have Captain Marvel, of course, I've got Captain Syndulla from Star Wars, I have the armorer, um, I've also got uh, Jessica Fletcher, <laughs> because... Baddest ass of them all. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, which is, you know, J.B. Fletcher, is she is the queen.
0: Old J.B. Old J.B. Uh, sorry, you were talking about comics, and uh, comics we really liked, and that prompted something in my brain did we know that tom king and mitch gerads did an adam strange book that came out in the last year more in the vein of their mr miracle book no yeah got that in at work again i work in logistics i get dibs i see the stuff
1: yeah we
0: both need to jot that down for future geek down comic club next year when we read that yeah it's called strange adventures it's uh tom king mitch gerads gerads i never knew how to pronounce his name i apologize and doc shaner uh, who worked on that? Oh, and did, you, did
1: you hear that? Did you hear that underline? <laughs> <laughs> the, sweet the, underline. The
0: scored it. Um, so yeah, we've got to add, got to add that to the list. Uh, friends, we have news, and then we have a conundrum. And some of the news is sad. So I think we're going to, uh, well, all the news is sad actually. Now that I think of it, to varying degrees. But uh, we're going to end with the conundrum to kind of try and bring us back up before we go into updates. But uh, two items of note on my end. Um, That are both kind of connected. The first of which... uh, That was fast. See a Space Cowboy. Cowboy Bebop. Done already been cancelled by Netflix. After one season...
1: That's
0: harsh. That is really harsh. That's super harsh. I mean... The Hollywood Reporter... While citing... I mean, we put too much power on things like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic as it is. Um, it hovered just shy of a passing grade on both. Um, but the interesting detail that The Hollywood Reporter had that I did not see a lot of other places. Um, according to the Netflix's top 10 site, the series has racked up almost 74 million viewer viewing hours worldwide since its debut. So it got plenty of sampling out the gate, but it plummeted 59% the week of the 29th to December 5th. So it was a hot open. Right. And then,
1: pew. But I mean, that's, okay, here's, this is, I'm very there's, frustrated.
0: Be frustrated, right. because what I want to say is there's a lot, that kind of circle, I'm, this is not me keeping up for the Netflix Bebop adaptation. No. We,
1: did, we, you'd already talked about it last week.
0: Yeah, and did I, or a couple weeks ago, and did, yeah. I, did I think it did interesting things? Yes. Did I want to get a second season to see what it could do? Yes. But what, I saw an article on Polygon this morning that was basically like, The cancellation of Bebop is just bad for TV because it shows how, like, the metrics have changed. Right. Like, the criteria have changed. Like, Netflix threw so much hype into this. Extra videos, featurettes, things of that sort. If this had been week to week, there might have been a gradual word of mouth type thing where maybe it started out bad. Yeah. And, like, the binge model, the way Netflix just... uh, (laughs) Throws everything out. Yeah. People start, they go, oh, that wasn't that good. But the people who stick with it go, actually, it kind of got better yeah. the longer it went. Yeah. You could have that conversation if it was going week to week. Mm-hmm. You never got to have that conversation.
1: There's also the, something to be said for, you know, people used to look at what was getting released at the same time.
0: <laughs> you just think, just think there's too much space so right now? There's
1: so much content right now. Like, you're putting it up against Wheel of Time. Mm. Even the expanse, yeah, expanse, right? Like, there, like Star Star Trek, Star Wars stuff. Like, there's just so much out there. Marvel stuff. Like, I, we can't keep up, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we've had to work late this week, and we feel like we're super behind. But that's okay because we're going to have time over the holidays, we're going to have time in the new year. There's that dry patch in the spring where nothing comes <laughs> out. Um and that's when I think people would be like, "Yeah, I want to check out bebop," right? Maybe they can't do it right this second, but they're going to do it.
0: But that's the thing, you know, and I remember hearing discussions and Chris and Andy talked about this in relation to like in the heights where like if you don't hit immediately. Yeah. If it's not immediately if you're not just smacked in the face with it if it's not a hit out the gate it's a fail you know if you're not first you're last you know it's that that attitude it's the ricky bobby attitude towards you know toward media success right like if you're not if you don't make a hundred million dollars on your opening weekend you're a failure yeah forget about the slow burn the becoming a cult hit the like getting a chance for something to like like you look at like the fucking like the wire or breaking bad like these shows were not hits out the gate yeah. they needed time to brew
1: and actually this could you could talk about this in terms of and i bring this up when we talk about like when we talk about like the beginning of peak tv Rome. I know I bring it up a lot.
0: (laughs) She'd be loving Rome. If you
1: look at Rome. So Rome was unbelievably expensive in their first season. Mm. And they've never tried to do something like this. Rome first season is phenomenal. The second season, they realized they were going to get canceled because they were like, no one's watching this. Well, then all these people started watching the first season. And lauding it. And they condensed the second season. Instead of the like five seasons they thought they were going to do, right. they condensed the second season. To have an ending. Um, and in some ways that you feel like second season still really good, but you feel like they rushed a lot of things that they wanted to take their time on. And it's really a pity. You could have had this like epic five season mm. show about Rome. The acting was amazing. The scenery was amazing. The storytelling was amazing. Um, and it's the kind of a smaller version of what's happening in this like Netflix model, right? Like if you don't, show immediately that you are the biggest thing on television. They're not going to put the money or resources or time into letting you continue. And that is such a pity. You're right. Like, we want to see what happens with some shows. Um, And, you know, I I honestly, that was one of the great decisions, I think, with um, The Good Place. Right? Yes, it was popular at the gate, but giving it more time, more and more people Mm. came on board to watch it. Um, And it became, it's become this, one of the best TV shows ever. Um, So anyways, I just, it's, it's not to be artistic about it, but (laughs) you have to sometimes give art time. Um,
0: And I I get, I get that it's a business and like, listen, this is the outcome that I, I thought we were at about like a 70% chance we'd end up here anyway. mm -hmm. I did not think we were going to end up here like, less than a month after it yeah, dropped.
1: exactly. Like, like,
0: that's shitty. And that's what makes me feel terrible for everybody who worked on this. Yeah. Like and,
1: and, and It I mean, wasn't
0: It wasn't that big a failure. Yeah. Like, there's been bigger stinkers out there than...
1: And, and some that they've given a lot of money and time to. Mm. That I'm like, really? This got another season? Oh, another show about rich white people? Another season?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Succession Hive. Um, that said... I want y'all to just, I'm speaking i am speaking to Twitter now, take a moment to think about why the show may have failed. And it's not because they cast a non-binary actor. Oh my god. It's not because an 11-year-old gave a really loud performance. Did I like the Ed depiction? No. Don't blame a child for the entire collapse of a multi-million dollar <laughs> production, you mm-hmm. fucking idiots. Like... They're a child.
1: This is why I, I'm glad I'm
0: calm. Not, the fuck down.
1: I'm not. I'm not on the internet. I'm. I'm happy. I don't have to endure this.
0: The internet is not real life, as we say. But you call pull all that back. The best was like I'm on. You know, I saw the Crunchyroll tweet announcing the cancellation. and I was like, I'm going to regret this. <laughs> I, ju- I jumped didn't. into the replies. No, they were pretty. They were surprisingly tempered. There's a lot of people just being like, oh, that's surprising. It wasn't that bad. You know, well, some people were like, eh, hey, it was garbage. I tell you one thing, I don't remember your screen name, but whoever was like, well, I actually put a, posted a video going through all the differences between the live action and the uh, anime. It's fun. Bitch, no, it ain't. I guarantee you, without <laughs> watching a single second of it, I know it ain't fun. I already know it's too long and it ain't fun.
1: <laughs> I, so, as people know, I have, um, put my, I'm going to say ankle, I'm ankle deep into Warhammer, uh, 40k. (laughs)
0: Wow, (laughs) Friends.
1: Just (laughs) ankle deep. Maybe not even ankle. This is new to me. Um, I think I mentioned. You
0: have not.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a. That's lot. why she had
0: such violent reactions to model making last week.
1: <laughs> there are there are a lot of videos talking about the minutia of Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Not just the models. I'm not. I'm not even talking about the models. I'm talking more about like the storytelling video game side. Mm. But I am um, listening to an audiobook, uh, the Horus
0: all of oh, the Horus heresy. Yeah.
1: Um and the first book is way better than it has any right to be for something written for Warhammer. Was that
0: Abnett and Lanning?
1: Um it doesn't sound familiar. It's a possibility. He it's about Dan
0: Abnett and Andy Lanning. Oh, oh. Had a lot of uh I
1: think it was yeah.
0: A lot of credits in the uh, in the Warhammer universe. It was Dan
1: Dan Abnett. Dan Abnett. Yeah. He won he won like a Hugo for it or Did something. It? Yeah. Did
0: he? Mean, they they wrote a lot of spacey comics uh they had like a guardian If it was space they Abnett Landing wrote it. They wrote a lot of um, like Legion of Superheroes, and I had had a Guardians run, maybe pre movie. Like they were they were the space dudes in the comic world, and I that's how I knew their names, and I saw their names uh, on the books at major Canadian retailers. So. Right.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's been fascinating, and it's just such a it's like a the sort of flip side of Star Trek, right? This is like. In the the super, super future where everything has gone to hell. They had their Federation time, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. This is just, like, all-out war. And that's a really... It's an interesting story. Anyways. But. There are a lot of videos of people breaking down very small things (laughs) in the universe. I understand that you are very passionate about it. I get it. But there is no way there is a video that I can sit for an hour and change and watch you like break down all the ships or a ship in the universe, some part of something or other and do a YouTube voice while you're doing it. That to me, that is hell to me.
0: Caitlin. Yeah. I don't think I know what a YouTube voice is.
1: That's, that's very well done. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, anyways, so if you're going to make that video, just think, think again. Just, just, just take, take, take a, a pause. moment. Just take a pause. Yeah.
0: Um, so that was a divergence. I didn't know we were going to go down, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, one other piece of news I have moving to a sadder uh, lane, but still related to Cowboy Bebop, is news came out this week that... The screenwriter behind most of the episodes and kind of the script supervisor, uh, a woman named Keiko Nobumoto, had passed away this week uh, at the age of 57 from esophageal cancer. Not this week, December 1st. It was announced this week, but she passed away on December 1st. Um, Very sad. And it's funny because as the show came out, everybody was like, yeah, the director, Wananabe, and Kano did the music. And there was a a Twitter. I actually retweeted it on the show page, uh, a viral tweet that was like, Yo, you also got to give your flowers to Keiko Nobumoto. Sorry, that's an awkward one for me to say. Because um, most of your favorite episodes in Bebop, she wrote. Mm-hmm. She also wrote the first Kingdom Hearts game. She wrote one of yeah. Watanabe's follow-ups, a uh, show called Wolf- Wolf's Rain, which I did not see all of and was not super well-known, but a lot of people uh, really, really loved. One thing that is well-known, that is very, very loved by me, and I'm going to rewatch as soon as possible, is she wrote Tokyo Godfathers and deserves a statue yeah. <laughs> In her memory, for that alone. God,
1: I cried so hard.
0: It's one of the best anime ever made. Um, and just very sad. Far too young. Fuck cancer. Did not need to be a thing. If you've never seen Tokyo Godfathers, just the hottest, the best Christmas gift I can give you this year is to uh settle down and watch that movie. Um, it's one of the most beautiful and uplifting movies i've ever seen and, and
1: it has a baby in it
0: and i know that's real hard to say when you're talking about uh the story of three homeless people who find a abandoned baby on christmas eve but, yeah, but. it is what it is that's how good she was yeah As a screenwriter um so yeah very very sad um and rest in peace to you queen uh thank you for all the enjoyment that you brought to my life. Caitlin. Yeah. You have more sad news for us.
1: I do. I have sad news and then we're going to like take off to positivity. Yes. Um, I will build that bridge for you, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, So I'm never going to be as eloquent as, as Jordan when talking about someone who has passed away, who has meant a lot to my life. And Rice passed away.
0: Hmm. I just passed, saw that this morning. She
1: passed away at 80. Um, it was complications from a stroke. Um. I, when I was in junior high, I stumbled over these Anne Rice books, uh, Vampire uh, Chronicles as they're known, famously, uh, uh, The Interview with Vampire, um, which of course was turned into a movie that apparently a ton of people hated. But as a, you know, preteen, I was like, this movie's great. Um, And uh, she wrote so many books, um, and was for me a bridge to science fiction and fantasy in a lot of ways. Um, and also to, um, finding my tribe in high school. I encountered these friends in high school who'd also read and rice and we had a connection and from there i just went to one of their weddings <laughs> uh so ren i hope oh. not not as sad as i am about this but but you know um for a lot of people weirdos out there and rice meant a lot she uh wore her weirdness on her sleeve um and um I just, uh, I know that the all I know recently is that her son, Christopher, um, and her um, have been working on the Vampire Chronicles TV show. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's still happening or not, but uh, if you're not a big reader, I once that show comes out, I should check it out. I know she had a lot of involvement with it. Um, but if you are a big reader, I would definitely pick up, um, okay, you can pick up Interview with a Vampire, but be warned, it's... It's, it has first book syndrome where it's actually kind of boring, but uh, Vampire Lestat winner, Tale of the Body Thief amazing, Memnock the Devil, it's a wild ride. Um, Tale of the
0: Body Thief, the third one. Yes. See, I'ma say yeah. Slight pushback. Okay. I only read the first three. Yes. Because it was like, listen, give give the woman respect for even though she kind of. I think over the years struggled with how closely attached the whole everything she added to vampire lore right. kind of got attached to her. Some, yeah. some, a few years she wasn't super crazy about it, and she went she got super into Jesus for a while. She and, did.
1: I have that book.
0: Um, and then I think she kind of reconciled um, her place in that side of the uh, you know cultural fandoms. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was a whole generation of '90s girls who like yeah <laughs> discovered those books. And I think I found the first three at, like, a used bookstore or something. And I remember being okay with uh interview. Thought Vampire Lestat read, like, a fucking textbook. And I was like... <laughs> what? The whole time. Oh, that was... No, that was... Um, but... The Tale, Tale of the Body, Body Thief. Thief. Fist bump for that. Bam.
1: That book is... That
0: one was like, oh, you found plot now. Yeah. I see.
1: It was so good. It was so good. Um, and yeah and I mean there are other books like the vampire of Vittorio and stuff like were that are like side books that are also really good. she
0: really so. contemporary, she really <laughs> building on things like you know the band Bauhaus and th- i can't i'm i don't won't know the exact chronology, so I don't know what influenced the other right. per se but as far as like the vampire as rock star like yeah, she latched onto that and really kind of brought for the eighties like a contemporary version of these vampire stories, which...
1: And I think in a lot... Now
0: seems like, oh yeah, of course, but like, of course, they're like glittery superpower, you know, superheroes who like, you know, no, that was her. That's what, you know, she took Nosferatu and Dracula and like made them glamorous and femme and sexy (laughs) sexy and...
1: Um, And and I think that was a launching off pad for a lot of other writers and stories Mm -hmm. and... All the, like, Vampire Diaries-esque stuff. I mean, I know the Vampire Diaries is a series of books from a while ago as well. But, I mean, just being able to... True Blood. True Blood totally has to thank mm. and Rice. Um, all of those books. Um, like, there is that... That instead of, you know, vampires is necessarily monsters, there's much more sexiness to them. Um, and weirdly, humanity to them. And, anyways, it just... I sorry she's gone. She lived a very full life. Um and if you enjoy vampire books, read some of those.
0: I just never bought dad as a berry stew. He's a total berry stew and I just didn't
1: I kind of loved that he was. What I loved I'm about you, Louis, yes, you're the, you're the specialist
0: vampire in the world, Lestat. I
1: love that Louis was like the most boring person, <laughs> and like Lestat would like bug him about it all the time. You know,
0: you know, the, you know the one I latched onto, and I have still like every time, every few years she come out with another book, and I'm like, yeah. whatever happened to that dude, Cayman? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i fucks i fucks with cayman hard he was just that that dude who was super powerful and hung in the back and nobody forgot yeah. about him. he was he was there at the start mm-hmm. and i think before he done before lestat got like akasha blood or something yeah. he was like lestat would be like i'm the baddest there is and cayman would just be like fuck it, push it fuck out of here like, <laughs> yeah. He was done with him uh, uh so again rest in peace queen thank you Anne Rice, for everything you contributed to the culture let's bring it up before we go into updates
1: I have to build that bridge.
0: Oh, you're, oh the bridge is building. Okay. I have a
1: tiny bit of fun news, oh. just to make people feel oh. to get them in the mood. Okay. Um, Idris Elba is, <laughs> is playing Knuckles. Everyone in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie just there we are, or is has played is is Knuckles. He's Knuckles. That alone is a reason to watch the second
0: one. Who doesn't need one of the sexiest men alive voicing a dreadlocked echidna? And who, who, does, who doesn't Who need that?
1: There is a reason why he is uh, a general in my posse. <laughs> that man does whatever the fuck he wants. That
0: man gets the bag is what he does. <laughs> like, he's like, you ain't going to make me James Bond? Fine. I'm going to do literally everything else. Yeah. Suicide Squad? Done. Harder they fall? Done. I'll just fuck around and do another season of Luther. Done.
1: Yeah.
0: And also... I'm gonna sit in a sit in a studio in Burbank for three weeks and uh, make an album. Voice this, yeah. And oh, a, oh. Voice this, uh, you know, weird Sega Genesis character, and yeah, then I'll go DJ in Ibiza for you know whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to start producing like pieces of art, like artwork, maybe sculpture. <laughs> I could see him being a sculptor. Sculptor, I'm. I'll buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> um. Uh. I did watch the trailer for it. Listen, I went through all of the, like, Game Award announcements because I'm like, what's up with gaming right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I watched a lot of those trailers, and it kind of made me sad, frankly, to be honest, but that's a story for another day. Like, games are just boring now. I don't know. What? I watched all those trailers, and they're all, like, weirdly dark and, like...
1: Mm. I have reflection of our times.
0: Guns and whatever, like...
1: Hey, Star Trek.
0: There was, like, one Telltale Star Trek game. Um, everything's just got, like, some weird... <laughs> what the hell was <laughs> Slitterhead, what was that the one i saw what the guy from who like created silent hill has his own studio now and like it's his return to horror
1: we don't need any more
0: horror it's people's heads splitting up. it's like listen i've been in, we're fucking i'm i'm two and a half years deep into covid like i don't need i don't need that in my life no i watched the trailer for sonic the hedgehog and i was like that's what I, <laughs> that's what i want that's what we want give me that and one one Joy. one little one little to pick one tiny little nit. Yeah. Caitlin greatly enjoyed this when I, when I was showing her the trailer. They showed another trailer for, I believe it's uh, Horizons Forbidden West or something. I don't know. The second Horizon game. The girl with the red hair fighting robot dinosaurs. You know, whatever. A really great game. Never finished it, uh, which is typical of most of my video gaming. Um, I watched that trailer and I was like, man, that game was so fun. But the controls were so complex, mm-hmm. even for like just a, con- like a PlayStation controller, because... Sometimes, you know games that give you gadgets that you never use? Yeah. This game made you use every gadget. Amazing. Contextually. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, I'm never going to use this thing. And then a fucking robot pterodactyl kicks your ass. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's what this thing was for. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm watching the trailer. And, you know, she jumps off a cliff. And there's the pterodactyls. And I was like, oh, I hated those things. And then it, like, moves to her, like, underwater. And here comes a giant robot Sea serpent thing And I'm like The fuck we won't Caitlin Yeah The fuck we won't Why when you go To y'all's second games Do you decide that Under the sea Is the environment That you have to tackle Like
1: Um For those of you Who don't know You know
0: what was missing From the first game Aquatic nightmares. <laughs>
1: Jordan, That's what
0: we needed to add.
1: Jordan doesn't like large bodies of water, Mm-mm. being under the water, Mm-mm. having any sort of animal Mm-mm. come out of the water, Mm-mm. have to face nope. any kind of underwater animal. Nope, nope, nope. Um, this is not his jam.
0: Recently, it was uh, wall calendars at work the other day, putting them on the calendar rack under the sea 2022 turned it around there's a humpback i was like i literally would just shit out of every orifice in my brain if this thing came rolling up fuck out of here with this what a majestic creature eat my ass no no
1: eat his whole my
0: whole ass I got some people on my Instagram who are, like, enamored with the Undersea Kingdom, and I'll be, like, going through stories, and then suddenly it's, like, an overhead shot of, like, a breaching whale. I'm like, you need to, I need to unfollow this fucking person. You had nothing. <laughs> you you are actively harming my life at this point. You offer nothing to me.
1: I, I had a moment where I was thinking I was going to send postcards from Vancouver. <laughs> and, and I, like, was going through postcards, and I was like, oh, that's a cool, like, indigenous whale, like, one where they have like it's it's the indigenous art yeah it's like
0: i mean listen just, you want indigenous <laughs> illustration of an orca okay fine
1: but even still i was like i feel like if i send this to jordan he will just be like you're a dick <laughs> like no and I, I was like you know what? i'm not gonna do it anyways no one cares that i'm in vancouver
0: listen so. and listen i see I see the articles about you know the loneliest orca at sea world or whatever and yeah. It's like yeah you know, she, oh, she's isolating herself listen i feel bad about that yeah i generally want all God's creatures to be happy, but some of them just need to fucking do it the hell away from me and,
1: <laughs> and stop trying to get him to go in the sea.
0: And video game designers stop making me swim. God damn.
1: Uh, Caitlin. Yeah. I have a conundrum. Okay. What's your conundrum?
0: Let's talk about stonks for a
1: minute. <laughs> <laughs> stonks? Stonks.
0: Talk about stonks. Okay. So there are many long boxes of comics. Okay. Back in. Back in the hometown in Mr. Malosh's house. Yeah. Next to Mr. Malosh's many boxes of comics. Yeah. From our peak era of collecting comic books in the, uh, in the maybe 1999 through 2005 era. Okay. That yep. run. That yep. run. Maybe a, right before I left the area. Um, and we like, we went hard before records. It was comics. It was can't wait for Wednesday. It was like the drive up. It was like making plans. Oh, we're off this weekend. You want gonna go to London. It's a, good, it's a good run of comics and lo- comic shops in London. All right. What are you looking for? And we'd spend a day at Mr. Malosh's folks house plotting. What are we what are we, okay, what are we looking for? I want these, these, and these. How much are you going to pay for them? Well, it's a whole thing. It's a whole wow. thing. Wow. The results are now many boxes of comics in Mr. Malosh's crawl space. Yep. Mr. Malosh has been somewhat slowly piecemeal dipping his toes out into offloading yes. of some of these. Also, bear in mind, I don't remember if this came up on the show last week or not, but uh, one of my guy I used to work with at Major Canadian Retailer, Stupid Matt, shouts to Stupid Matt. Hey, Stupid Matt! Him.
1: We haven't talked about Stupid Matt in ages. I'm sorry I'm calling you Stupid Matt.
0: <laughs> stupid Matt shoots me a text and he says, I did the unthinkable. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? It's Stupid Matt, so this could be anything. Oh like, <laughs> um, And he tells me he sold... I don't remember, Something Something Spider-Verse number 2, the first Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, <gasps> for $600. <sighs> so he sold it for that much. And I was like, damn. A scant few days later, Mr. Malash calls me.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's like, so Echo's first four issues are going for $400. Whoa. Echo, the character, a.k.a. Maya Lopez, yeah. doing big things in the Hawkeye show right now. Mm-hmm. Hasn't done that many big things. She's doing some big things. and People are now familiar with her. Yeah. Because she kind of got yoinked out of this, you know, Daredevil obscurity. Yes. And brought back into the end. Now she's in the MCU. As we talked about in the summer when I was looking at my comic books, all that matters now is if something gets picked to be in a show. Yes. Or to move to another medium. So her first appearance and her first, like, story arc where she's basically a Daredevil antagonist. She doesn't really have a story. She's just a Daredevil antagonist those have shot up right and now her show mm-hmm. is announced already announced before she even showed up in hawkeye they announced they were doing an echo show yeah in uh 2023 i think right or maybe late 2022 i don't remember there is an echo show coming she's getting her own spin-off which is also wild heat total heat check by marvel to be like we're gonna have this show and everybody went huh <laughs> <laughs> who's that and now she shows up in the Hawkeye show and people know who she is. And the comic is going up. So now it becomes a matter of like, well, is it time to shed these? Right. And the guy Mr. Malash was talking to was like, well, you don't have to worry about her not being around the Marvel U for a while. Because she's got her neck, you know, her own show's coming out. Yeah. She's a character of color. Yep. They're going to keep her around. Right. As craven a rationale as that is. <clears throat> but I mean is what it is and the guy the comic shop owner basically tells mr malosh like you don't need to make the decision like today like this is gonna this isn't gonna drop right anytime soon and jeff says well, what would you do oh i'd sell him today <laughs> <laughs> you're saying two different things man caitlin yeah bear in mind i have now done some research yeah as we expected i would yeah i have seen that i totally missed the boat on preacher
1: Right, yes.
0: Preacher, I should have sold in like 2017.
1: Yeah.
0: That peaked at around 375 for issue one. Yeah. Now goes around 55. Oof. 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 Tank that. Mr. Moloch has had his own tanks. Right. Why the Last Man? Never moved the needle.
1: Yeah.
0: You thought he was going to kick up from Why the Last Man? It never moved the needle. No. Um, Jupiter's Legacy fell in the time it took him to drive to the comic shop basically. Oh my
1: god. Speaking
0: of the fast uh the quickness of the uh Netflix
1: yeah.
0: evaluation. Uh I think he had an offer for seventy-five before the show dropped. <laughs> By the time somebody watched the first episode, he got twenty five for those books. Ooh. That's how that goes. Bearing in mind, I paid three seventy-five for each of these. Three dollars yeah. and seventy five cents for each of these yeah. when I bought them. Yeah. And uh I have some people who are saying like It'll go up later, right? And I say, it might. And I have other people who are saying, just sell them now, dummy. The worst thing that has ever happened from uh, someone cute listening to this podcast is yeah. she now knows the word chud and can accuse me of being one. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So,
0: um, so what, what do you think? Is it time to offload these? You, I'm kind of leaning yes. So here's the because I don't know that it's going to go any higher.
1: This is you're playing the stock market. Stocks. Um, you can offload them now and be like, great, I have this money, and find out in a year and whatever that oh now they're worth, I know fifty uh, percent more, right? Mm. Um, and you're like, damn, I should have hung on to them, or you wait for that long, you miss out on getting that money. And they crash. Yep, yep. So you just have to, whatever decision you make, you just have to be happy with it.
0: <laughs> That's. Oh, my God. I
1: know. But, you know, I'm kind of in this frame of mind recently where I'm like, you can't take your money with you. Um, and how much would some money now be worth to me as opposed to later? Um,
0: the other interesting thing to note is there are two runs two echo runs in that daredevil series right there's the one where she's just like an antagonist her first appearance and then there's like her origin which comes in later issues and those have been creeping up as well only about the 50 dollar mark right um so is it like do you sell the first appearances now and then when the show comes out which delves into those details told in the later books Mm -hmm. do you hold on to those later books and just offload those i don't know i don't know kate i I fucking boofed it with preacher here's the thing What am I going to do about Sandman, Kate?
1: I also think about all the time, because I am weird and creepy, how quickly it takes for someone to die,
0: which is not that long. (laughs) Oh, my God. And
1: you could be dead in a year. You could be dead in 10 years. You could be dead in 30 years. You could be dead tomorrow. Would that money be worth it now or in a year from now when you could be dead? Right? Also, can I have your comic collection if you die?
0: Mr. Milage gets the records. Caitlin can have the comics there. It's on. <laughs> no, I got to leave. I got to leave something for someone. Kate. No,
1: no, it's fine. Um, no, I think you should do it. Now, but I also don't want to be the fault for you, you, you don't want
0: to hear it when it creeps up to like $600 in 2 weeks. Yes. Part of me is low key like wait to see what happens at the end of the Hawkeye show.
1: I guess, but by then it might be too late. It might be. You know what,
0: friends? Just... Listen, if you listen to this episode, get me on the Twitter. Yeah, I'll post it. I'll post a dedicated uh, poll when this episode drops. I mean, let me know. I'm leaning yes. I'm leaning with the. I'm leaning with the fast money now, and it's, that... it's only like some vague sense of responsibility telling me not to.
1: If that, if that comic book guy is like, I'd sell it now.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's he's seen the trends,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I went back and I looked at like notable books to see like. How it goes, and it kinda like it hits a peak and it either stays there or it drops. Once it hits the peak, yeah, that's kind of it. I looked at a number of ones with like notable um appearances. And
1: if you hang on to them, just be happy with that as well.
0: I mean, and listen, like I said, I paid three seventy five for these when they came out. Like the 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 money made is already exponential at that point. So yeah. Anyway. Well, that's a bridge you caught up on Hawkeye, or no, no,
1: we still only watched the first episode. Kate,
0: don't care. Well, I'm it's fine, it's somewhat enjoyable.
1: I, I probably will, we will watch it, and I'll probably enjoy it more than you will because I'm not grumpy. Um, but Renner is rough, yo. <laughs> but <laughs> I could have told you that ages ago. I mean,
0: I should have known, but
1: um, I've been watching Lost in Space.
0: Finally. Finally, yes. we're on to Lots in Space. Yes.
1: It's so good. All right. um, It's just the last two seasons, but as a third season, like they, they're not, there's nothing new and crazy. It's, it's how it always is, which is just a panic attack in each episode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but that's okay. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm understand why they're capping it at three seasons. You can only have a family in trouble. Uh, for so long without people getting too stressed out about it, um, and you know the characters are great, the acting's fantastic, the the fun space stuff is amazing. Like I love this is this is my type of show where you have problems and you solve them. <laughs> I'm in heaven. Um, apparently, some people don't like Lost in Space. Like they're like, oh, it's they always seem to get caught in difficult situations. Yeah. That's the show. That's
0: what television does. It's called
1: Lost in Space, not <laughs> Fun in Space. Like, fuck. Anyway, I I really love it. Um, more people should watch it. We've also continued watching Wheel of Time. Um, it's good. I have a question about this.
0: The most consistent man at work told me they finally drank tea in this episode, which apparently is a huge thing in the books.
1: Oh, well.
0: Robert Jordan really loved writing about teas. <laughs>
1: hey.
0: Caitlin, I can see why Caitlin can relate, <laughs>
1: yes, um why is it and I'm not saying this as like um like it's an issue, I'm just curious, why is it that Game of Thrones every episode got like sixty thousand write ups, and Wheel of time doesn't seem to get as many?
0: It is very interesting, I mean, fuck I remember I remember breaking down the ringers like podcast cadence of every episode of game of thrones (laughs) by that last season where it was literally like every day of the week they were to talk about the episode that just aired look forward to the next episode talking and chris and andy would talk about it then there'd be another one that talked about stuff that happened in the books v what happened in that episode like but it was insane but yeah it definitely does not i don't know if it's because the broadcast model maybe
1: maybe i don't know but
0: game of thrones was the sunday night hbo show for a lot of years um
1: What's Wheel of Time? Is that Friday drop? I think
0: I don't know what day it drops. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's Amazon. It's still going yeah. week to week, but it's yeah. like
1: it just and it doesn't maybe it doesn't seem as big of a show, but I'm enjoying it way more than I did Game of Thrones. I think so little happens in Game of Thrones that you have to, like, break every crumb down because <laughs> that's all you were getting was crumbs. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I really enjoy it um, and having a lot of fun with it. I'm glad people aren't totally, you know, separating every little part and talking right. about each character. But um, it's it, it, I just find that interesting. Um, and then I watched Miracle on 34th Street for the first time.
0: The first time,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Wood ver- version, oh,
0: OG version, yeah. Right.
1: Um, great. That movie's fantastic. <laughs> I love taking a stand at a court. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good. I can see why it's a classic. And that's it. That's everything I watched.
0: That's it. All right. What did I watch? Like I said, I watched Hawkeye. I've got my usuals, which we don't need to care about again. That being Curb, Jesus uh Comey can't communicate, and Blue Period. All very good. Yellow Jackets is stressful. You know, the only thing that can make being stranded in the woods yeah. uh, worse yeah. when everybody's cycle syncs up.
1: That's not a thing that happens. It
0: happened on this show. Well, this doesn't happen in real life. Take it up with the creators. Who, who I will. Who is a woman. Um, yeah, that show is mad stressful. And I real... <sighs> Lean in too hard into supernatural, Kate. I don't need some. I don't need some forest spirit making them all go nuts.
1: Well, actually, fun fact. This oh, could she, be it could be fun, part she has of it. Fun facts. Um, there's this thing like if you spend too much time in the woods, um, you start to go woods crazy. Um, I'm gonna find out some actual facts about it for my fun <laughs> fact moment um, next week, and we'll tell you all about the crazy wood woodsness that can happen to you.
0: Um. Yeah. Definitely, the scene when the uh, Melanie Linsky character is uh, out in the city with uh, her lover. Eel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy she's cheating on her husband with. Um. And has a hallucination of the Jackie character, the one who we are pretty sure is dead. Right. Um. And it's all but confirmed at this point, based on a conversation that happens in in the episode. Um, she has a hallucination of her in her, like, you know, soccer uniform or mm-hmm. cheerleading uniform or something and chases after her. And it's her daughter oh. who had stolen the costume and was using it for a Halloween costume, who is high on Molly. Oh, fun. And then when the lover comes over and is like, what's going on? And then the daughter is like, oh, not only is my mom here, who's this guy? I'm like, is this, nope, there's too much. Ah, oh, ah, oh. ah, I want out. <laughs> um, still got, still got enough to... Still got enough to keep me interested. And, yeah, it's a terrible thing when I realize it's Sunday morning and it drops, like, immediately on Sunday mornings and then I watch it.
1: But then it makes your Sunday all all stressful. And it
0: makes my Sunday stressful, true. But then I'm like, I really have to wait like a plebe for another, like, do I know anybody who works in the industry and has screener access? Give me the access to the site. That shit's all online now. Oh my God. Somebody get at me. I must, must be somebody in the industry who listens to this show. Um, what else is in there? little reading. A little reading lately. Reading. Reading a book by an author named Califasana called Major Labels, which is a history of popular music in seven genres. Cool. Uh, it is cool. It got mentioned a lot on uh, 60 Songs I Explain in the 90s, and we got it in at work, and I was like, well, let me read that. When I get to genres I know less about, yeah. I will probably find it more interesting. Like mm. He talks about country. He talks about dance music. Like I'll probably... Be more interested when we get to that point. Um, I okay currently we're in rock and like, yeah, Nirvana changed things. Okay, cool. Speed, speed it up. Really? Speed it up. Um, been knowing that story, yeah. Um, and also, I mean, a fucking Junji Hito book came out and I bought a Junji Hito book. Surprise, surprise,
1: surprise, um, surprise. And you didn't tell me about it.
0: <laughs> this is Deserter, it's the latest uh collection from Viz in English, it's earlier works. Uh, from his career, and you can tell in spots, uh, his artwork is not nearly as clean as it would get later in his career. But I mean, the man still knew how to be creepy. Then you want to—it's
1: something you're born with.
0: You want a girl who's—you want know, a story about a girl who's sad that her boyfriend broke up with her, and and her hair goes uh, sentient because he wanted her to grow her hair out. And then her hair goes sentient and tears her head clean off her body and haunts their the family's attic. You can have that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Y'all, if I just casually drop like the most abhorrent things when it comes to about reading Junji uh-huh. because he's so delightful, though. He's a very. He's such a nice guy.
1: He is a very nice guy. He seems delightful. Oh,
0: but his collected output. I, and I can never understand, that. that must be the reason I say this, every time I talk about Junji Ito, like, I don't do this. Yeah. Horror is not really my jam. I did yeah. I did J-Horror and, like, extreme cinema in my 20s for a bit. I've lost my stomach for that. Like, yeah. I don't really, I don't want to watch that kind of shit happen, but something about Junji Ito's comics, man. Woo. Super fun. Mm-hmm. I'll break one another one down for you on the break. Oh i will show it to you. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll put a pin in it there. Not a lot of exciting stuff, but I mean, it's a busy time, y'all. We're just kind of watching the stuff that we're watching and. Yeah. And trying to survive. <laughs> survive the holidays. Survive, exactly what I was going to say. Survive the holidays. Well, you know who else was trying to survive the holidays? Neil Patrick Harris in the 80s. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> so my segue game is not nearly as good as Caitlin's. But <laughs> be that as it may. When we come back from the break, we will talk about HBO's 8-bit Christmas. After this break.
1: show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. This week, again, I brought this.
0: <laughs> she brought them all.
1: I did. Um, But before we begin, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. The first rule, which doesn't really apply, is the rule of three. That is, if the thing comes in parts, we will read, watch, consume three of them so that, so that the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. But this is a movie, so... Uh, it's it's already its thing. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That's the rule that we will not talk about the thing we are discussing before we are sitting in front of these microphones. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea if Jordan watched this. No clue.
0: He almost forgot.
1: We do this so that you lovely listeners get the freshest of takes, even if the thing isn't as fresh. This is fresh, though.
0: It is the holiday season. There's nothing better than curling up. When it gets dark at 5 o'clock, you make yourself a little cup of cocoa, mm. Mm. have a piping hot fresh take. It's fluffy, soft, <laughs> pairs so well with some cocoa on a cold December evening. We do it for you, y'all.
1: We do. Uh, the third rule is not really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers.
0: As said last week, <laughs> if you care... <laughs> About any of these movies getting spoiled for you. Fuck your life.
1: Uh, Yeah. Also, like, you know, make yourself that hot cup of cocoa, but also, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but nicely. It's never meant with, like...
0: All, always with love. Always with love. Always with love.
1: Um. Alright. So, the movie is 8-Bit Christmas...
0: I'll put it in post. Jesus! What? I don't know, you're looking at me like you're. Oh, usually for you say
1: something when I say what the movie is.
0: Well, I can't make a blip sound with my mouth, Caitlin. So
1: learned, God. <laughs> um, so the movie's Ape Bit Christmas*. Um, it is one of this year's like attempts to be like this is the movie of. You know, the future of when people are like, oh, I love that movie. Future
0: Christmas classic. Yeah. It, it, it It is an attempt.
1: It is an attempt. It is. It is a 2021 American Christmas comedy film directed by Michael Douse, who has directed a bunch of stuff, um, from a screenplay by Kevin Jakubowski, based upon his novel of the same name, Did Not Know.
0: Y- did, did not know. <laughs> did not know. <laughs> saw that and was like, <laughs> oh. I've said this a lot this episode, saw that and went, huh?
1: <laughs> huh? Oh. Interesting. It stars Neil Patrick Harris, Winslow Fagley, June Diane Raphael, which...
0: Shouts to June.
1: Yeah. <laughs> David Cross and Steve Zahn. Uh, the film was released on November 24th, 2021 on HBO Max, receiving generally favorable reviews from critics. Really? Generally. Yeah. The premise. There is no, there's just a premise here because, I'll explain this in a second. (laughs) Set in the late 1980s, a young boy named Jake Doyle plans to get a Nintendo Entertainment System before everyone else. That is the movie. Literally There is nothing else.
0: Literally it. Yeah. Caitlin? Yeah. Who's this movie for?
1: I don't know. Is this movie for kids? No.
0: Is this movie for adults?
1: A certain very select (laughs) sliver of the population of adults.
0: So to that end. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. I don't have the facts to back this up. Mm -hmm. I only have my life. Right. (laughs) As a child of the 80s. Yes. Peak Nintendo. Yeah. And peak Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Did not line up at the same time. No. Cabbage Patch was way earlier. Young Neil Patrick Harris, which is just what, I, what was do we even know the character's name? Do we care? Am I just gonna call him Jake Doyle? Jake, Jake. young Jake, wants a Nintendo. His yeah. sister wants a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah, maybe, maybe because she's younger. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how they're trying to like hand wave it away. As a child of the '80s, who had both of those things, mm-hmm. I know I had them very early, at very different times. Right. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid when I was young, right? because you just had to have one. You yeah. just had to. It was yeah. hysteria. Yeah. It was insane, Caitlin.
1: Yeah, they almost didn't get my sister one, but uh, someone who, my mom worked in television as a producer, and someone who was working on a show happened to have one for the show left, and so was able to give her one. Otherwise, there was no getting one for poor Fiona.
0: I, well, remember, I did nothing with this thing. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Because what was I going to do with a fucking doll? Like,
1: you, you spend time with it.
0: I guess never had any shoes and he only ever wore a baseball uniform uh, <laughs> never bought any clothes of them and to this day yeah. I will remember his name was Andre Igor because what kind of fucking name is that <laughs> I pulled out that
1: running out a name I pulled
0: out that birth certificate and was like you must be out your fucking mind if you think I'm going on the playground and telling my classmates that I have a cat that my son is named Andre <laughs> Igor and I' be like what are you on young boy why did you <laughs> ever make this decision <laughs> anyway I don't think those dates line up. Um, as a child of the 80s, though, there are things about this movie that I did like.
1: Hold on. Just about the dates. Mm. Remember, the 80s only came to Canada in the early
0: 90s. I lived in a border town, though. So. <laughs>
1: oh, that's right. That's right. You had more exposure to the 80s. I was
0: on the bleeding edge. <laughs> I told you. I was very disappointed. When my teenage life did not look like a Noxzema ad, I was very, Um very We upset. were all
1: disappointed that our teenage lives didn't look like 90210. <laughs> Thank you very much
0: man um but yeah cabbage patch kid was definitely like grade three yeah and it was like sixth seventh grade when i got uh the nintendo um the nintendo which is what they call it on the surface premise wise yeah this should be a fantastic movie yeah seems like it should be great but it isn't and i don't know why is it just boring Uh, just because not a lot happens it
1: goes on way too long
0: Mm.
1: way too long it's like they had three different fun, heisty things to cram into one movie. Um,
0: True, because there are multiple attempts to try to get this. Yeah. Um, so the whole gist is uh, the, the framing device. We have a framing device, y'all.
1: Yeah.
0: Neil Patrick Harris as an adult. His daughter wants a phone. His daughter is very much of the moment. Yeah. Wants a phone. Wants to use his phone to talk to her friends, type of thing. Yeah. They get to Grandma and Grandpa's house out in the middle of peak Midwestern Illinois. Yep. Um, early. No one else is there yet. It's like, what do we do to c- kill time? It's like, oh, let's go up to my old room and bust out the Nintendo. It's like, I'm going to tell you the story of the, of the best Christmas as I tried to get a Nintendo. And it's just m- multiple attempts to get the Nintendo, whether it's just like, you know, conning mom and dad. Yeah. Um, or probably the saggiest portion, which we did not need, which is the whole, whole wreath selling. We arc, did not
1: need the wreath selling art,
0: which we did not need. But I suppose it's necessary to, again, <laughs> the movie tries to do so many things. Yeah. The reselling uh, attempt is a fit, They get word that there's going to be a competition with the local, it's Cub Scouts, but it's not Cub Scouts.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that there's going to be a reselling competition and... I mean, now generally, did you have whack things for fundraisers when you were a kid, or is it just was it always no, candy? I no, feel like it's always candy. The thing
1: now. we did for fundraisers was I was in Girl Guides. We did cookies. Right.
0: Um, I had a few like Catholic school grade school attempts where you sold some right. whack ass craft or something that you were trying to, you oh, <laughs> okay. tried to pawn off on your uncles. Um, so I did appreciate the reselling hustle, um, but then in the first act. When the one rich kid in town who has a Nintendo um, has a freak out uh, when he loses a game to a girl, Um, which, sidebar, did they let these children play with an actual Nintendo before they filmed the
1: movie?
0: Nobody... Fucking plays Nintendo. Who plays this hard with Nintendo? What is this?
1: I used to. I I'm used just holding
0: my phone in like a Nintendo controller and literally like was, just rocking a, it back and forth. I was an arm jumper. You were an arm jumper. Mm.
1: I was also a child though, <laughs> and no one would let me play.
0: But like, there's literally like no finesse to the button tapping at all. Yeah. It's lives. It's all mashing all the time. And like, I get that was part of it, but like, you should have let these kids play with an actual Nintendo before you film them doing it. Uh, I did like that and acknowledge that the Power Glove was a piece of shit. Yes. We all learned that lesson the hard way. Um, there was that one kid who got the power glove. Yeah. And you went you went over to his house. I think it was Robert Zotti when I was a kid.
1: It was funny because Chris said that, like, while he was watching, Senior Correspondent Chris was like, it finished the sentence, which was, and we all found out. And he was like, the power <laughs> glove sucked. The power
0: glove did suck. Um, but yes, yeah, so when the one rich kid has a freak out after losing a game mm-hmm. and nearly kills their <laughs> chihuahua, his father starts this uh starting with the cub scout troop
1: yeah
0: starts this you know revolt and protest against video games mm-hmm. so the the first prize for the reselling is no longer a nintendo it becomes a set of encyclopedias yeah um but this movie just does a bunch of it's just a bunch of little things strung together with very little like narrative or plot like
1: well no i don't feel it's that i feel like it went on too long it was too meandering so that i agree with mm. i mean the plot is that he's trying to get this nintendo um i think it's also that like however true it may be his parents seem terrible his sister is terrible okay yeah let's talk about
0: that um so ultimately we'll we'll get to it i want to talk about a couple other things uh, i liked about the movie first um, I did like the notion of the child who you don't know what grade he's in and seems to be yeah. like a yes. smooth six years older than the other kids in the class. I had one of those
1: <laughs> yes. in
0: my grade school. Yeah, He was like the size of a garbage man, but like <laughs> and grew a full beard, but he was apparently in the sixth grade. Um, in small town Ontario, y'all. Um, and the one legit laugh I got. So the, the climax the sort of climax of the movie is there's going to be this field trip into Chicago to the art Institute and they have planned this heist.
1: Yes. They're
0: going to sell some baseball cards for money and him and his friends are going to pool their resources and get a Nintendo for them to share, which already seemed like a bad idea. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, we'll ignore that. So do this huge, huge heist. How did it rank on your, on the Caitlin heist scale? Eh, it was was just okay. It was a heist. Um, but when he's finally he's home free, he's going to rendezvous with the bus. I did like the fact that it greatly relied on a kid allergic to spaghettiOs downing a can of spaghettiOs and just <laughs> vomiting repeatedly yeah. in the middle of the street.
1: And and my one of my favorite lines was, "He's dry he, dry heaving. He's fine.
0: <laughs> um, and he's about to make it. And a." <laughs> I make a reference to Chekhov's gun every episode of this show, but Chekhov's ice patch was in this one. Chekhov's (laughs) ice patch, yep. He's about to uh, run out of the department store, which he was in earlier in the the movie. Goes past the Salvation Army, Santa slips on an ice patch, launches the bag with the Nintendo into the street, it gets run over by the bus, and then explodes. And when it (laughs) exploded, I laughed. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm a simpleton. Um, But then the big takeaway here is that, you know, Christmas comes, there's a couple a couple moments where, you know, first of all, uh, the Postal Service was not working on on Christmas Day in the 80s. No. So there was no package showing up on Christmas morning from your uncle in Japan. Okay.
1: I, I don't think it was supposed to be showing up that day. don't oh, no? No. I think it just it got hidden.
0: Um. So it's Christmas morning. You know, how's he going to get the Nintendo? Where's the Nintendo? Well, it turns out he didn't get one. Yeah. He, his dad let him save his money and work at a golf course one summer and he bought it then. Um, but the real gift was, you know, he goes in the back backyard. They ask him to clean up some dog poop before they uh, clean up dog poop out of the yard, was also a very Midwestern. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> While it had frozen.
0: St- struck a lot of Midwestern chords in me this movie, I will say. <laughs> um, and going out to shovel up the dog poop in the backyard, he goes out and you see that what his uh, insane borderline abusive, negligent father has been doing this whole time Yeah, is making him a tree fort. Shouts to tree forts. My father who was not negligent or borderline abusive made me a tree fort when I was a kid. The power of the uh, trap door is something that is
1: I, I wanted a tree fort so bad. It's
0: narcotic Caitlin. I don't know what it is about a trap door it's... that to eight year olds is just, it, it's catnip. Like we just yeah
1: <laughs> we lose our minds. They're fucking cool.
0: Um,
1: I would take a trap door now in any floor of my house.
0: The question is, though, and the reason I jumped to the end of the movie to get to this point is: does the does the building of the tree fort negate all the terrible parenting that's happening well, throughout the movie?
1: It would if there was like some connection to like it, the movie. It's like there. I was watching like three different movies.
0: There's a scene in the middle of the movie, yeah. where the first time he's in Chicago, yeah, for the for the annual trip with. Part, his- with his family, yeah. the Chicago trip, which I did enjoy, because as again I had similar trips with my family, where you were going to Detroit or to yeah. the states for a huge shopping run, get a bunch of stuff done, yeah, and it's stressful. And you don't want to deal because he's a small town suburban people, and they don't want to deal with that many, yeah, that many, that much crowding. So there were parts about that I liked, um, and he loses his retainer. He loses his sister first.
1: Well, oh yeah, That's
0: because the display Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> See that? I'm talking about how the movie's kind of lame, but I keep bringing up things that made me laugh. So
1: this, But this is the problem with it. It was very inconsistent.
0: Young Jake sees the display Nintendo at the department store, which then starts speaking to him.
1: Yes. And then when he asks if he has... What,
0: what game do you want to play, Jake? Super Mario? I don't have that one. Please <laughs> pick another one. How about Rampage? Um, which, again, was not a very good game and certainly was not a game that required you to do this.
1: He's doing that thing this morning again.
0: Um, so he loses his sister And then his father, Steve's on. His father has been very... There's been a few mentions of his retainer and how expensive it is. And he has lost his retainer while he was chasing to find his sister. He lost his retainer. So now he doubles back.
1: No, no. He pulls his retainer out as he's playing and drops it to the ground. right? For reasons.
0: (laughs) For reasons. Um, (laughs) For aerodynamics. (laughs) (laughs) Play harder by removing the retainer. So he left his retainer in the department store. And the sister has been found. But... When he bolts off to try and get his retainer from out of the mall where he left it, Steve Zahn is not chasing him like a concerned father. He's chasing yep. him like he's going to murder him. And yeah. I legitimately wonder, is he going to kill that child? Is <laughs> going to kill his own son over a retainer?
1: Um, I, Again,
0: inconsistent, like Kate said.
1: As as a person who's had to pull a retainer out of the garbage several times. <laughs> never had to put it in my mouth Yeah, He, just, he just popped that
0: thing out into his mouth after it went through the mop water, right? It was, I just, That's nasty.
1: yeah, there were things, they just tried to cram so much in and so it made it inconsistent and there were parts that were funny and I laughed and I enjoyed and parts that I was like, this is kind of lame. And so I, I don't, I'm never going to watch this movie again. Period. Full stop. It is a movie. It's fine. If you haven't watched it, it might be fun for you, but.
0: Listen. The problem is, and again, the theme of this episode is just about the perils of the streaming era. Yeah. If I'm at home and my father puts on one of those weird channels that only exist on terrestrial like antennas, yeah. And this movie's playing. Yeah. It's a good hang. i mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like let me fire up Crave yeah. and put on 8 Bit Christmas.
1: No. And I'm we're going to go for the classics, right? Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm going gonna...
1: to watch Home Alone for the like 75th time yeah, i'm gonna watch
0: christmas vacation for the 900th time yeah. before i watch this again um i mean how are classics making i don't know i guess we i think we've talked about this before elf was probably the last one that really kind of like
1: and i hate elf
0: pulled out oh my god get the fuck out of my house
1: i hate that movie. what is
0: wrong with you i
1: don't know i hate that movie so much it's terrible,
0: y'all. I'm happy she can still surprise me after like five years of doing this show, but at the same time, I'm disgusted with her as a human the face, being.
1: The face, he's giving me—it oh is just absolutely pure the disgust. Fuck, I hate that
0: movie. It's terrible. Who hurt you?
1: Um, that movie.
0: No, it didn't. Your face. Fuck. You smell of meat and cheese. <laughs> this movie's a six.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's a six.
0: I mean, we love to see Neil Patrick Harris out there getting work. Yeah. We love to see him and things. Did make me laugh at times. Did strike certain chords of nostalgia for yeah. my very specific 1980s Midwestern adjacent childhood.
1: I, I love that his daughter is questioning why wearing purple boots would be so bad. <laughs> that was very...
0: <laughs> a, a lot put a lot put into the uh, just wearing of girls' boots. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that would have been, been a thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would. I had a mm. terrible coat.
0: You had a terrible coat. I had a
1: terrible coat. I and mean, it, kid,
0: kids will bust your ass for some for dumb stuff.
1: Yeah, it was like the worst coat you've ever seen in your life, and I cried when my mom brought it out of the, <laughs> the closet. Yeah, I bawled my eyes out.
0: Did I have anything I hated to that degree as a child that I had to wear? I don't know.
1: You were also an only child, so your parents cared more.
0: I mean, I was the jogging pant kid, though. No, that's fine. Mm, kind of wasn't. So
1: in the 90s. In
0: peak 80s where like you had to have your jeans cuffed and rolled, you can't cuff a jogging pant. Y'all. Okay.
1: So in the 90s though, like when I was in pri- like primary school, whatever, um, that was jogging pants were the thing. It was the jogging suit, mm. like with the cuffed, like like the ones I'm wearing right now, <laughs> like the cuffs. Right. Or like the, yeah, um, tapered end. Um, but having them like matching set, totally the thing. When you got to, I'm gonna say like the later 90s, when you're a little bit older, I could not get away with wearing jogging pants. You're Right? It was all about the jeans and the and the and the flannel.
0: Friends, this discussion sparked sparked a memory, <laughs> and we're gonna go out today on what is uh, low key one of my favorite Christmas stories. Okay. From my childhood, when I was going into ninth grade. Yeah. Um. Some of the. Uh, granted, you know, I, I had my spot. In elementary school, you know, I right. knew who I was. I was cool. I wasn't like super popular or anything, but you know, had had Mr. I had my adjacent crew. You know, I was, it was all right. We were yeah. all kind of unified by the end of it. And then you go to high school and shit gets a little weird. Um, and I remember it became very much about like you know the clothes for me. Right. And I was not really a person who cared about that, obviously. Um, but it was like you had to have. I think I think in my high school it was like Edwin jeans, and like. Guess shit. Guess and Edwin were the big like popping stuff. Okay. And in my hometown, there were like two bougie stores that I really have no idea how they survived as long <laughs> as they did. They're still around to some degree, I think. Wow. Um, They sold the bougie shit. Right. And for one Christmas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, I don't know who decided mm-hmm. but either my mom or my dad was like, well, all right, let's get him his outfit so we can stump when he goes back to, when he goes back to school in the winter. Right. So they go to one of these bougie stores. They're going to get me a pair of Edwin jeans and it was like a, it was a guest shirt that had just had like guest jeans embroidered on the front and it was like, it was like blue and white stripes, long sleeve. Oh. And I don't remember what they were talking about, but my mom and my dad are in there and bear in mind, my mom's the wild one. Yeah. My mom will go off. My dad's generally like soft-spoken one. And the story is, I remember hearing it from my mom later is... Whatever they were like looking at stuff or whatever And maybe they had the outfit together And the salesperson says to my father You buy your son that you'll be his hero And my father Turned to this poor fool (laughs) And informed him Just how little he needed to buy Some overpriced fucking clothes To be a hero to his kid And I love that story (laughs) So much the clothes were cool. Yep. But knowing the story of <laughs> was... my dad hauling off on a port salesman—that
1: <laughs> was a better gift.
0: That was a much better gift. Happy holidays, y'all. We got <laughs> one more for you. What are we doing next week? Cheesy romance.
1: Yeah. Um. I can't remember the name of it. Give me a second.
0: Radio magic. Love hard. All oh, right, the Jimmy Yang, uh, Jimmy and Catfish movie.
1: Yeah.
0: You watched it already, though, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I got it. so all right. She's she's got the week off, but I got to watch it. We'll be back next week to talk about that Friends, this was a fun episode Thank you for spending it with us The fact that you spend an hour and change with us every week Truly means the world to us I mean that shit, y'all I do We hope you'll be with us next week My name's Jordan Ferguson
1: My name's Caitlin McKinnon The theme song is by Rob Gasser And I hope that you're having a lovely holiday And that you will join us next week For our final holiday episode of this year Thank you guys
0: But, like, there. I want to sit.
1: <laughs> Just want to sit I do not, down.
0: I do not want to move it, move it. No. I don't like to move it, move it.
1: I don't even like to reach it, <laughs> reach it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, my muscles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we are so feeble. <laughs>